0: Let's open a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you this morning that you are on the throne, that you're sovereign over every situation. Even though we don't understand every outcome, Lord, we know you are with us, you're watching over us, you're protecting us, you have us in your mighty right hand that no one can snatch us out. Thank you for saving us. Just pray you'd be with uh Cheryl Smith's family, we know she's with you in a better place. Father, just pray that you would uh, continue to watch over each one there involved. Father, we are thankful for the answer to prayer with Leah Joy, and just pray you will continue to speak to her heart as only you can. And Father, we're thankful for this step forward. And Father, we're just thankful that we can gather together this way. We still have the freedom in America to do so. And we just want to thank you most of all for saving us from start to finish, that you keep us, you sustain us, and you allow us as believers to gather together to study your Word. Thank you for your Word. Thank you for our brothers and sisters here. and pray that you would lead and guide us Everything we do and say and think would honor you in every way. In Jesus' name, amen. Before we get in our study this morning, Dennis already said I seem like I was more wore out today. Uh, I started working at Publix, and I'm not used to getting carts out in the parking lot and, and bagging continually since I was in college. So 65, it's a lot different can't do quite everything I used to do, so I'm having to learn to pace myself, and I hope they will be understanding with that. <laughs> I can't run around like the 16, 18-year-olds running around doing all that that I I remember doing, but I still have my memory, so I'm okay there. <laughs> well, in life, we all have goals. Might be saving for retirement, buying a new washer, getting that promotion, saving up for a newer car because transmission's given out on ours. Goals are good, but we must remember that everything we accumulate on this earth is someday going to burn. There's no U-Hauls in heaven. As believers, though, there's one goal that should be before us every day. That God allows us to live on this earth. In Philippians chapter 3, we began a study last week. We're looking at verses 12 to 21. We're reminded to reach out, to press forward, to grab our spiritual goal in life, and that is being like Jesus. The freedom to pursue Jesus, the one who saved us, to be like Him, to want to be everything that He wants us to be so that our lives bring glory to God every day. Last week we discovered six ways we need to prepare ourselves in pressing toward that goal of being like Jesus in verses 12 to 16. They included an awareness that we haven't made it yet. We are not like Jesus. We need to Strain our spiritual muscles to have that desire before us every day. But we know we're not there yet. Secondly, giving it our 100% effort. Thirdly, focusing on what's ahead one day at a time. When we look too far down and we see so many things that could happen, we spend our time worrying instead of the Lord says, concentrate on my word and become more like Jesus in our daily walk no matter what comes our way. Then being motivated. We can never uh, repay what Jesus did for us on the cross. And one thing I'm always... uh, Reminded of, too, Corey Ten Boom before she passed away. She was doing a service speaking about her times in the Holocaust, in the concentration camp. And all of a sudden there was a commotion at the end of the hallway and then somebody came from the back of the auditorium up toward her with tears in his eyes and got to the front and said, Cory, can you ever forgive me? And it was one of the guards that... Took her family away and had them executed in the gas chamber at that time. He didn't know how her response would be, but she looked at him and in her broken Dutch accent, she said, How can I not forgive you when Jesus has forgiven me all? That's what we need to be motivated to to look at those who followed in their faith strongly, following the Lord, that we too want to model Jesus and His forgiveness of us when He paid for our sins upon the cross. Next, uh, we looked at an attitude check. Do my thoughts honor and glorify God? We always see on the outside, don't we? But we don't know the heart. But are our thoughts in line what honors and glorifies God. And then keep on keeping on. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't sit on the sidelines. Sometimes we have opportunities to exhort one another, to encourage one another. And how many get too much encouragement? No. How many give too much? Okay, so I don't see hands giving up too many times here. But I want to share a special blessing uh, during Joe's um, Joe and Debbie's 10th year anniversary thing that we celebrated last Sunday night, and I remember a, a word of encouragement from someone I hadn't talked with in a while, Ed Ellis. He put his arm around me. And he said, "John, I want you know I'm praying for you. I know God is going to continue to use you as He uses each one of us." But I, I started thinking, here's Ed who's gone through so much, encouraging me. And that's the way it should be with each of us. We should look for those opportunities to give a kind word. Because we don't give enough. We receive probably more than we give. But there's always those opportunities. And that was such a blessing to me to hear that from Him. And again, we already said we don't receive too much. We don't give too much. Well, we're back in Philippians 3 today. We're going to look at verses 17 to 21. We're going to look at Not only are we prepared to to concentrate on pressing on to be like Jesus, but now what are the steps to follow in becoming more and more like Jesus Christ? Philippians 3, verses 17 to 21, and we'll share those three steps to follow. Please follow along with me. Brethren, join me, join in following my example and observe those who walk according to the pattern you have in us. For many walk, of whom I have often told you, and now tell you, even weeping, they are enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their appetite, and whose glory is in their shame, who set their minds on earthly things. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ who will transform the body of our humble state into conformity with the body of His glory by the exertion of the power that He has even to subject all things to Himself. The first step in becoming more like Jesus is following the right examples. Look at verse 17. Again, brethren, I love that. And we see that in Scripture, brethren. He's talking to brothers and sisters in Christ. Those who God has saved. Those who God sustains. It's a term of affection used many times, even in Philippians chapter 3 back in verse 1 and verse 13. These are close in the family of God. And I know I've used this before, but I still like the words uh, from the Gaithers who share I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I've been washed in the fountain, cleansed by His blood, joint heirs with Jesus as we travel this sod, for I'm part of the family, the family of God. We need to praise God every day for that. Because we live in a world that's fallen apart. We shared that some in our our prayer group. I know that's shared quite often in the different groups. Uh, Pray for our nation. Pray for our leaders. Pray for one another, because to be salt and light in the world that's so dark isn't popular, and it never will be. But we do it for Him, because our focus isn't here on this earth, it's up in heaven. We have a great opportunity every day to keep the divine appointments God has made for every one of us here. Everyone here will touch different lives because of where God has placed you. And so we have that special privilege every day. So that word there, brethren, is very important because we need to remember we're all part of the family of God. And here's what is shared. Join in following my example. (laughs) Paul isn't saying, look, I've made it. Follow me and you'll be perfect. He's saying, I'm on the road. I'm on the journey. And I'm reaching out. Reach out as well, is what he's saying. Join in following Paul's example because he's moving toward becoming more like Jesus, more Christ-like. Whether it's in the area of forgiveness, whether it's in the area of loving someone we can't stand, but we love them anyway because we see a soul who needs Jesus instead of looking at the outward things going on. Remember, it was Paul who said in 1 Timothy 1.15, I am the foremost of sinners. John MacArthur shares, Paul is saying, I'm a sinner, I have problems with my flesh, but I'm pursuing the goal, so follow my example. He's in the race. He's taken it a step at a time, a day at a time. Literally, this phrase means, be fellow imitators of me, or keep on being fellow imitators. Mimic, copy, pause for a moment. Are we the right example to our children and grandchildren while driving on US-19 and suddenly someone cuts us off? (laughs) Do we want them to mimic us in our Christian walk? I've observed from time to time parents at little league or soccer games. Wow. Unbelievable what goes on. And then there's the kids. But the stands sometimes get a little bit out of control. We need to be careful who's watching because somebody's always watching. Paul was far from perfect, but he was pursuing, he was fixing his gaze on the ultimate of being like Jesus. He was working at it. Every day we have that opportunity to work at it, to let God work through us, to plant seeds. I hear over and over brothers and sisters sharing how at their job, how they were able to say something at God's perfect timing and planting a seed. It's God who brings about the harvest, but we need to be planting the seed. Every day, God, I believe, gives us a, a handful of seed to scatter for Him. And that's what our responsibility is, to share who Jesus is, to live for Him. But this verse continues, And note, those who so walk as you have for a pattern looking at men like Timothy, Epaphroditus, in Paul's day. But what about now? We're to follow the examples of pastor-teachers, of elders, those who lead and teach the Word. That's why it's a great responsibility to teach or to preach God's Word because that person teaching is held directly responsible to God that he rightly divides the Word. A Bible teacher's life must back up what he shares with those who hear him. Words backed up by life. I know there's many examples here at Lakeside who show strong faith and adversity at their jobs and health. Many here that I look up to as models for me. But we have models also in the Bible as well. I look at Joseph. What a great example of forgiveness. When he could have looked at his brothers and said, cut their heads off. But instead, he forgave them. Of Daniel, who was faithful in prayer, even though he was taken away as a POW for 70 years. Joshua, in leadership, who went to God and asked him, how do we defeat Jericho? And God gave him the plan, and he shared it to his generals, because he knew it was God's plan and it would work. It would be successful. Noah had faith And he preached 120 years of floods coming, having never seen rain. Esther, who had courage to go before the king, and if he didn't raise a scepter, she was dead. All of those are examples that I believe can all be included here, which is shared in verse 17. Observe those who walk according to the pattern you have in us. Many, many examples. When I was growing up, my dad, he modeled for me integrity. And they had a floor covering business. And somebody might say, after he'd already laid all the carvings, say, well, I don't like that color. And he'd go back and he'd order the color they wanted and he'd put it back in. To me, that's integrity. My mom's dedication from becoming a part of that floor business, having been a full-time mom at home and then adjusting to that, Those things I remember. And I also remember my grandfather. Very close to him, a man who spent three or four hours a day in prayer. And every week he'd go to the pastor of our church and he'd say, can you give me a list of what to pray for this week? And then he'd say, which ones have been answered? Can I cross any off? Because he always knew there would be some. But I remember one day, and they had a little narrow staircase, and he would go upstairs I heard him praying. I was like 13, 14 years old. And I'll never forget this because this had a great impact on my life. He said, I pray for my grandson, which was me. And I guess I was eavesdropping. And he said, I just pray that he would consider full time ministry at some point. And I thought, how me? No way. Don't be looking at that. So I'm, I'm grateful for that. I'm thankful for that. There are examples like that. I, I look up to like Pastor Steve, John MacArthur. Many, many models that we can look at. And I just pray that we can all be those models for somebody. Because that's what life is all about. To live for the Lord one day at a time. The second step in the process of becoming more like Jesus is that we run away from false teachers. Look at verse 18 with me. For many walk of whom I often told you, and now tell you, even weeping, that they are enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their appetite, and whose glory is in their shame, who set their minds on earthly things. There's a lot of false teachers around many who want to mislead us. And sometimes if we aren't grounded in God's Word, if we aren't grounded in what we believe, we can get misled. Nobody's above that. The radio, TV, books, the Internet push a lot of those false teachings. They often mock and degrade God's Word saying that's obsolete, that's old, that's not for today. Jesus shares, beware of those who come to you in sheep's clothing, and inwardly they are wolves. Paul tells us, stay away from them. Many warnings about false teachers in the Bible, 1 Timothy 1.4, nor give heed to fables and endless genealogies which cause disputes rather than godly edification which is in faith. Titus 3.9, but avoid foolish disputes, genealogies, contentions, and striving about the law, for they are unprofitable and useless. 2 John 7, for many deceivers have gone out into the world who do not confess Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. The church as a whole... Many in the church lack discernment. I've heard Christians following some of the false teachers on television. Won't name names. There's one that i heard inmates always saying, Chaplain, what about... I won't say his name. On the radio, uh, he's just so peppy and he has all these followings and he's on the radio all the time. But how does it line up with the Word? Is this teaching in line with God's Word? As far as I know, he probably doesn't even have God's Word when he's teaching. Or there might be a little bit of an eludement to it. But many people think because he's popular, he must be right. The jails and prisons are harvest fields full of souls ready to be misled, and many are. That's why we stick with the Word. There's also a book and movie, now I've been hearing, The Shack. That's so popular. and Everybody says, isn't that great? Isn't that honoring to God? But you got to look at the content. you got to see, does it line up with the Word? We can be so easily deceived. Paul said in Acts 20.31 to the Ephesians leaders, be on the alert, remembering that night and day for a period of three years, I didn't cease to warn each one with tears. As Paul was ministering, As he was sharing Christ to those who were listening, he had a deep affection for them because it's talking about him weeping, crying. Do we ever spend time in prayer so that God is speaking to our hearts so much that we're in tears? We should. Because we only walk on this earth one time. We only have an opportunity to serve God. Today is... July 16, 2017, this is one day that that will be history tomorrow. One commentator shares, Beloved, I just need to tell you from the bottom of my heart, I see the church in America on the threshold of being deceived by a myriad of the enemies of the cross. That's where the attack comes. How do we identify these false teachers? Verse 19a their end is eternal destruction. They're adding human works to the work of God's grace and salvation from start to finish. And if you notice, I don't know if you ever have them in your neighborhood, some of these knocking on your door saying, we agree with you exactly, but you've got to add this. You've got to do this. It's by grace we are saved through faith, not of works. And when you give them that verse, they are not quite sure what to say, because that isn't in what they've memorized. Verse 19b, it talks about their God is not the true God, but it's their appetite. And this could include sensual, fleshly, bodily desires we are warned about. Continue in verse 19. They're disgraceful. They exalt themselves when it's all rubbish. What did Paul say? Everything that he does in his own power is, is rubbish compared to what Jesus did up on the cross. And it says they're proud of their perversions. Continues their disposition of verse 19. They focus on earthly things, not godly things. What is so important for eternity, beside all the earthly things of having all kinds of material goods, it's the souls of people. Because people are either going to be in heaven or they're going to be in hell. And I heard all the time in the jail, why does God send people to hell? They're on there because of sin. But it's by God's grace that anyone is saved. And it's by God's grace that we can thank God this morning that He saved us. And I pray everyone here has that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Satan wants people to believe anything but the truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but through me. Enemies of the cross Don't deny the cross at times, they just add to it. Like the Judaizers, who had been coming into the midst of those in Philippi. It says, whose glory is in their shame, they brag of things they have done or are doing, rather than admitting that it's all by God's grace. The false teachers focus on earthly things. They had ceremonies, they had festivals, feasts, and sacrifice everything physical. False teachers who are enemies of God. The gospel is from God, and it's God who saves us from start to finish by His grace. Nothing added. Third step in the process of becoming more like Jesus is to focus on our blessed hope. Look with me at verse 20. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which also we eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform the body of our humble state into conformity with the body of His glory by the exertion of the power that He has even to subject all things to Himself. Will we ever get old in eternity? No. Will we ever hear the C word, cancer? Will we hear arthritis? Will we hear those things that cripple us or can cause us all kinds of havoc because our bodies get old. I admit it, 65, you know, that's to me. Uh, when I see these 16-year-olds running the carts around, you know, 65 does feel kind of old compared to them. <laughs> but that's part of our walk. So that as we get older, as we take each day one day at a time, we look forward even more to heaven whenever that time will be. So we need to focus on our blessed hope. What a blessed hope it is. 1 Thessalonians 4.17 Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we will always be with the Lord. This was a struggle shared by Paul in chapter 1, verse 23 of Philippians. He said, For I am hard-pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. I found this this week, of uh, this testimony of Dennis Holleran. This is an inmate who just wanted to share his testimony to encourage us. Presently at Hillsborough County Jail in Tampa. My name is Dennis Holleran. I'm 21 years old. I was born in Key West, Florida, and raised in Tampa. I've always wanted to be part of God's army, but I let drugs and alcohol blind me to the truth and to the importance of my spiritual life. I tried over and over to stay away from drugs and alcohol, but I couldn't shake it. One day I was involved in a car accident at a speed of more than 100 miles an hour. Somehow I survived. Woke up in a hospital. I knew God must have a purpose for me that I needed to get it together, so I cried and prayed, telling God how much I needed Him and pleading for Him to forgive and save me. From that day on, any time I need comfort, God has comforted me, helped me stay focused. I was sentenced to life in prison, but God has held me steady. I have faith that no matter where I am or what I'm doing or what I'm going through, God will be there with me. My days are no longer dark and I know Jesus Christ my Savior will guide me home. I like that last part. This world is not our home. We're just a passing through. Our treasures should be laid up somewhere beyond the blue and those treasures are live for the Lord. Shine some light on somebody that can help plant a seed so they realize before it's too late that they need Jesus as their Savior. I'm glad we have that blessed hope. One commentator shares, the hope of Christ's return provides us, with believers, with motivation, accountability, and security. One inmate puts it this way, and this is another article entitled Miracles. This is in the latest Loaves and Fishes, that magazine I told you about. He's in Grady, Arkansas. His name is... Dale Lee Smith. The greatest miracle ever happened in my soul. It was that wonderful day when Jesus made me whole. I was so deep in sin I could see no way out. But Jesus worked a miracle and how my mouth did shout. (laughs) Jesus worked a miracle on the cross of Calvary when He gave His sinless life from this world to set us free. When Jesus said it is finished, A great miracle took place. My sins were all forgiven by His amazing grace. My sins are all washed away and the old man I was is dead. Oh, the mighty miracle in that precious blood Jesus shed. When you think you have no hope and there is nothing you can do, just open your heart to Jesus and He'll work a miracle in you. I think on that and I think... Dale Lee, behind bars, writing that from his heart to encourage us. And again, we can take all the encouragement we can get every day. I know I can. Jesus will come again. Acts one eleven says this same Jesus who is taken up from you shall so come in like manner as you've seen him go to heaven. Our citizenship is where? In heaven. We're just passing through. Christ will transform the bodies of all believers at His timing. We won't have, again, any more physical problems. We won't say, how old are you? Because we won't even know time in that way. Because we'll be with the Lord for endless time. New bodies won't have the limits that they have now. No bum knees. No fifth surgery on knees. That's what I hear once they start Having surgery on knees, I hear this about athletes all the time, then it becomes more and more times. Won't have any problems with that. But I think we will be so focused on thanking Jesus for saving us that we wouldn't even be thinking about that anyway. Our prize at the finish line is Jesus saying, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into my presence, not for a short time, but forever. That's something we can put no price on. But that should be something we want to share, that blessed hope, so others can have that as well. And can God do this? Absolutely. The end of verse 21, according to the working by which He is able even to subdue all things to Himself. Is anything beyond God? He's all-powerful. What does that mean? He's omniscient. He knows all. And yet He has time to hear our prayers. He has time to hear those cries in our lives where we don't know where else to turn. The Lord says, I'm here. I'm always here. We're the ones who look away from Him. He says, look back at me. And again, something that Corey Ten Boom wrote shortly before she went home to be with the Lord, she said, I've learned not to hang on to things too tightly because it hurts when God has to pry my fingers loose. We hang on to the wrong things. We need to be hanging on to Jesus. In the process of becoming more and more like Christ, our goal in life, we need to follow the right example like Paul. We need to run away from false teachers because they're everywhere. And if it doesn't line up with the word We announce what it is. It's false. It's an enemy teaching of God. And we need to focus on our blessed hope. Christ could come back today. Wouldn't that be great? What if He came back in the next 10 seconds? (laughs) Say, well, no, no, Lord, I I wanted to do this this afternoon. No. (laughs) Now, when we're in glory with the Lord forever, we'll never think back in all this except to thank Him and praise Him say holy, holy, holy that He showed His grace toward us so where are we in this process? where are we in becoming more and more like Jesus? are we making any headway as God looks at our lives or are we kind of in one spot or kind of slipping back? we have so many opportunities To share God's light with those around us, whether it's at work, whether it's with a neighbor whose weeds seem to always blow over on your lawn, or moles seem to go from their lawn to your lawn, or is it with that person at work that we know they need the Lord, but Lord, I really don't want to be used because I can't stand that person, but then you have an opportunity. Again, make wise use of every day. Walk with the Lord. Let Him teach you. Let Him teach me whatever lesson He has for us today. But again, remember to thank Him for waking you up this morning. I praise God that we have this opportunity to be together here. To open God's Word and to learn from it and allow God to work through us those around us because we live in a world that is literally headed to hell unless they know jesus christ as personal savior it's that one-on-one relationship it's not a religion it's not do's and don'ts but it's a relationship let's pray father god thank you for this time in philippians 3 these last two weeks thank you lord that You've challenged us through Your Word to look at the ultimate goal in life, and that's to be like Jesus, Your Son. We can only do it in Your power. We can only do it in Your strength. We stumble. We fall off to the side on our own. But, Lord, we look to You now anew, and we ask You to use each one here to be light and salt wherever they are, whoever they have contact with. Use us, Lord, for Your honor and glory. We thank You and praise You. In Jesus' name, Amen.